everyone. My name is Bajan, aka Gigi. I'm Victoria. And this is Mika. And this is and today we have a very 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 special guest a wonderful woman of god that um i've met through a woman's ministry and she's a mom she's a wife she's awesome and her name is Bethsaida. thank you for joining hi ladies thank you so much for having me i'm so so excited to be here thank you yeah we're so excited to um dive into this topic um, I think we always have questions about this topic and that it's something that women are like, mm, what does it mean? Or I guess in general, everyone thinks about. Today we're going to be talking about submission and what it means really as a follower of Christ and for women as well. Um, the Bible does talk about submission um, and it talks about how we should be submitting to God. And of course, when you're in a marriage as well. So we just want to unpack that. But first, I do want to have an icebreaker question. And my icebreaker question is, what's something unhealthy that's hard for you to say no to? And it could be anything. It could be anything. Um, I know for me, I would say binging um, Netflix, like watching. Like sometimes I, I spend way too much time. Like I feel like it's, it's, it's inappropriate how much time <laughs> like after work I guess I just want to um unwind a little bit after work so just being there in the zone and just like watching something kind of mindless even though I should somewhat it's okay to relax but I think it should be also monitored if that makes sense so I, I do uh spend too much time on Netflix and just other other um platforms as well I think something unhealthy that I should say no to and the only reason why I'm this is coming up to my remembrance is because I just journaled about this yesterday like me and God was like this <laughs> like, <laughs> it's procrastinating like I just yeah, yeah I probably I probably unfortunately I need to get out of the habit of procrastinating it's not the healthiest thing for me to do but I'll just be like <laughs> but yeah you know Vicky my my mind went to food when you asked the question <laughs> Gigi and it was chocolate and peanut butter like the combination but procrastination I am the queen of procrastination and uh, I was like my identity is not in procrastinating <laughs> like I, I need to work through this blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it's it's really bad like yeah um and I think yeah it's something that I I am continuously working on so my mind went to food as well like I don't know if it's because I'm pregnant and that's all I've been doing is eating sweets um but it, I, it's been so hard. And in the beginning of the pregnancy, he was like all about everything salty, but now it's like a sweet, like a salt. I want everything sweet. So cookies are really hard to say no to cupcakes. I just will eat the entire batch if I can. Um, but if I'm talking about an unhealthy habit, I think going to bed really late is something that I need to work on. Um, especially when, um, I have toddler twins that I got to wake up in the morning too. And then with being in the third trimester, your body's just way more tired. And so I lose energy by like three o'clock every single day. Um, and uh, so definitely being more mindful of getting myself to bed 
And because it takes a while for me to like fall asleep, my husband has the gift of just passing out the second his head hits the pillow. I'm so envious. I'm so envious. I wish I, I mean, he could fall asleep anywhere. But for me, it's like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. So getting to bed at a decent time so I can actually fall asleep and get a good amount of sleep, something I need to work on. Yeah, I, I agree. Have you ever tried like pillow sprays? A pillow who? like a pillow spray, like they have like aromatherapy, like sprays oh. that you put on your pillow to like really knock you out. Oh. I don't have an issue with sleeping, but I got one in like an Ipsy box. That'd be knocking me out. Like, really? I don't know, like lavender or something, you just spray it on your pillow. Like, oh, send me the link. I would love to try it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's in the scent that makes you want to sleep. Is it because it's kind of like soothing? I think it's like lavender and like, hopefully it's not narcotics, but like, it's like, <laughs> it's like lavender and aromatherapy stuff, but it really legitimately works. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Lavender is supposed to be relaxing. So <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. I think I have like a scented candle like that, that helps me kind of relax. So that makes sense. I hope it's that. <laughs> <laughs> but um okay so we're gonna go ahead and dive into the topic of submission so what does it mean to submit and why do you think that there's such a negative connotation to it so I'm still figuring out I'm excited about this topic I'm still figuring out what it really means to submit but I know why it has negative connotations about it because it's like especially dating, you know what's out there. You know what type of guys are out there. You want me to submit to who? To, <laughs> for what? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so that's why I have like a bad connotation because it's like mm -hmm. submit to these guys that know just as much or sometimes less than me. Like, no, I'm good. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I think also it has a negative connotation because if you think, about women empowerment and feminism and all of mm -hmm. that like it is counter uh that submission because it makes you feel like you are the weak partner um and you are like you have no your voice doesn't matter mm -hmm. mm, that's a great point yeah both, both are like awesome points I, I i agree with it i think um as far as like thinking about what the world says and as far as like how um, submission can just look so weak and it could just look like, you know, I don't, I don't believe in myself or anything like that. And in a world where we're told to be women that, um, you know, express ourselves, even like um, we're even pushed to be like more sexually liberal. Like, you know, like we're in a day and age where that's like something that's really um, emphasized like women and liberty. And it's like, okay, but let's balance that and let's take a step back because it's like it's like the world is telling us something but at the same time there's like uh I, I think there's a message there that can be detrimental mm. yeah I mean I agree with everything you ladies said it's I think it's countercultural to when you think of submission it's always um demeaning it has a negative connotation to it um like you know like you said it's it's you're losing your voice, you can't speak up, you're the weaker person. I think all those things are what the world defines submission as. And so when they hear that word, 
um, you know, when we hear that word, it's like, oh, I'm not doing that. And especially I, I, I consider myself a very strong personality woman. Um, so growing up when I heard someone like, I'm not like, same thing you said, Vicky, like, I'm not submitting to no guy, like, no, thank you. You know, <laughs> please. Like, that's but not, not that's a, but have you seen the great of guys now? Nah, I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine, but no, but there, there's still good ones out there. There's still good ones out there. But um, for those who are single and still praying, they're, they're out there. Because I thought the same thing when I was back then, like there's no good guys and God bless with an amazing husband. But anyway, I think also to a woman's personality, <clears throat> um, some women tend to gravitate toward that. Like I did a reel about this, um, this sound, this audio. It's like, I, you know, I just wish I was the quiet, mysterious girl, but I always have something to say. Like I always have something to say, you know? And I think that some women's personalities maybe are more inclined to the worldly definition of submission. And then others are a little bit more strong and vocal. And the worldly definition is something that like we push away or we just don't want to deal with. Right. So what do you think is the difference between submission and obedience? And I think I remember, um, like, I think this is one of our Bible study sessions, like obedience is, is like obeying God. And then when it comes to submission, it's like having to deal with like where like what your position is as far as like where you are in church and like submitting to um whatever whoever is leading so in that sense I can understand the difference but I still am a little iffy with it so that was one of my questions that was a really great question and I was like thinking about you know what really is the difference we hear obedience and submit so I come from a teaching background, so I did a ton of research of like, okay, what is the, what does the Greek word say about, you know, submission in the Bible? What's the, what's the Greek word about obey? And they're, they're both very similar words, um, but this was really enlightening to me. And I, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. That's why I love God's word because it's, it has everything that we need, you know, but, um, but obey comes from a Greek word, which I'm going to butcher because I don't know how to say it. And that, when we hear the word obey and in the context there, it's talking about um, like listening to someone's commands and then acting out. So it's more of like a listening and then act out. When we think of the word submit, which is in Ephesians, it talks about, um, you know, submitting to your husbands and husbands to the church and um, and what you mentioned, Gigi, is very true that that word is hupata, so, and that means that you are literally putting yourself under someone else's authority. It's also used in other um, contexts with um, the government and people or um, uh, I have it here, but there's, there's different ways, uh, scenarios that it's used in the Bible, um, like us to God elders, uh, young believers to elders. It's literally means that that person has authority over you and you're choosing to submit to their authority over you. So they're, they're similar. Um, but when we talk about submitting to God, it's, we're going to submit to his authority over us. And then there's other scriptures that talk about obeying God. And it's like, are we going to listen and act on what he's saying? And, and those words are used interchangeably in uh, our English, 
but in the Greek, if you um, look it up, they they have this slightly different connotations. And I thought that that was very, very interesting. Wow, wow. I think like um, when the way that you explained it, I think obedience sounds really like, like more um, active in the sense of like being active and listening because that should be an act where we really are listening and then being active in actually acting it out. So I think that's what really stuck out to me that obedience is like, you're taking action behind uh, what God is telling you to do. So in Ephesians 5.25, it states, husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. In Ephesians 5.22, it states, Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. So what do these verses mean and how can we understand the word submission through these verses? So, right. Um, first, when I feel like to understand the submission, I'm not saying I have the answers. I really don't. But like um, to really understand the wife's submission duty like, I don't think we should overlook the command that God gives to husbands to love and not just love like, yo, you look good, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna keep you around. Like, it's not just like a superficial type of love. It's like a, like, like an actual call to action. Like you choose to love somebody, you choose to support their spiritual and spiritual growth there. There, there's so many definitions of love, but it's not just like on a surface level type of love. Like, if you choose to love me, make me better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think also um, submitting uh, husbands, love your wife, wives as, um, as you, as Christ loved the church. That's a huge command because when you think about what Christ did for the church, he died for our sins. So I think that that's a very high bar that's set for husbands that I think we often overlook and think about, okay, so women have to submit and wives have to submit and the husband is just the the king and ruler overall. Uh, But I think it's deeper than that. Right, because, okay, to love, um, are you guys, anybody familiar with like Bell Hooks who just recently passed away, the author? Okay, so um, she's like a Black feminist who her platform is really about love. She's not necessarily a spiritual person, but she's just, um, she always thinks like the government would be better if they love their citizens, like um, Black people would be better if we loved our, you know, loved ourselves and our brothers and stuff like that. She always has like, books based on love so she I think her interpretation of love as a call to action it's not it's just like that it's a call to action it's not just you receiving love and you thinking that you're loving like you anyone can receive love like Nyla receives your love does that you know right like a choice to love is like it's also a call to action as opposed like as as well as like submitting is like kind of a call to action. Please tell me if that makes sense. It does to me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I love, I love this because I think this is where we get a lot of the worldly, um, unbiblical idea of submission because it's taken out of context, right? That verse, it's just wives submit to your husbands. And then people say, oh, the Bible is anti-feminism. It's, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's anti-women, all this stuff. But like you said, Mika, I do not want the responsibility that my husband has. Like 
he's the head of the house. God put him there and he's the one who's going to be held accountable to God, like in a way different way than I am. And that's a lot. Like if you think about like, and, and this goes back to that Greek word of submitting to someone's authority, right? Because God has placed the husband as the head of the home, as the authority figure of the home, then we are supposed to like, and I love the amplified version. It says, um, wives, be subject to your own husbands. Basically, it says, be subject to him out of the authority that God has, because of the position that God has placed him in um, mm-hmm. and that he's going to be accountable to God. Mm-hmm. And like, that's, that's so deep. And you're right, Vicky, too. You know, we, we think also, um, like, I'm not going to follow some guy, but God gives them like, Christ laid down his life for the church, which was the most selfless act. And as a husband, they need to also um, have do selfless acts and love their wife, like how Christ loved the church. And to my single ladies, and I'm really passionate about this also on my Instagram page, it's so important who you marry, who you date, because if the Bible is telling you to submit to someone, you have to know that like they love the Lord and that they fear God and that they are going to love you like how Christ loved the church, because then it's easy to submit to someone like that, because you know that they're looking for your good. They're looking out for you. They are, they're washing you in the word, which it says also here for the husbands to do for the wives. Right. And they are, um, you know, they, they're, they're thinking about your benefit rather than just what they want self selfish, selfishly. Um, and so when you put the whole submission into the context of the word of God, it's a really beautiful picture of a healthy, strong marriage. And it's something that the enemy wants to attack and that he constantly is attacking. Um, but being also, I want to add this being submissive to your husband doesn't mean that like you don't keep your strong personality that God gave you, right? Like I'm still a very much opinion, my opinion minded person. And I will have a discussion with my husband. It doesn't mean I'm going to agree with everything because the Bible also calls the wives to be the helper. So if your husband is like doing something and you're like, oh boy, like you probably shouldn't be doing that. You don't just let him do it. You have a conversation, you communicate, you express your opinion, you talk about it. Um, And that's something that, you know, at the end of the day, you guys can come to an agreement on and you're choosing to like, talk to him, tell, tell them your thoughts, give your opinions, but you're choosing to respect him at the end of the day. And that's, I just found that it says respecting both their position as protector and their responsibility to God as head of the house. That's what it says in the amplified version. When we talk about sub- submitting to a husband, so you're respecting their position and their, as their protector and the head of the house, but it doesn't silence you from being his helper and having conversations and saying, you know, I don't know if we should do that. You know, I think that we need to rethink this. Let's pray about it. And you like have that say, and you have that strong, you know, that strong opinion as well. But at the end of the day, when you submit to him, you're putting yourself under God's authority too. So if he makes the wrong decision, God's going to cover you, you know, because you have put yourself and you've been obedient to the word of God and submitted, but you will pray that as you talk and go through it with a godly husband, that you guys will make the right decision and that God would, you know, just cover it, whatever that decision is. So that's, I just, I, I love the picture of, of how um, it's explained in Ephesians. Yeah. And I think also like to think about it as um, a partnership, it's not 
you know, authority over someone simply, but it's, it's that you have an, a partner in life that you are doing life with and making decisions with. Like I am like, my husband is in this way, his personality is that like, he doesn't make a decision unless he consults me about it because he values my voice and opinion. Yeah. Yes. Not every man is like that, but I think like in that way that works for our partnership that like, even if the decision is with him, I still feel like my voice is definitely heard. And I, you know, sometimes there are, we have a discussion and the, I can sway his, his decisions too. And I think like in, in that way, like it makes it feel equal, even if he, I am submitting to him. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. I love that like submission doesn't necessarily mean like you have no voice. It's just submitting to God and also in this marriage. So I love that. And I, and I love how you said like, you know, our, like as far as the responsibility of the man and how it like your marriage is literally like a picture of what God did for us. Yeah. So beautiful. Like when you were saying mm -hmm. that, I was like, Wow. And another thing that came to mind as you were talking with Saida was that like when Jesus died on the cross for us, he died on the cross for us, for us to be one with God, for us to have that, that um, relationship with him. So if that's what your husband has to do, your husband should be getting you closer to God. He should be like crucifying himself so that God is glorified and he's bringing you to God just as how Jesus died on the cross for us to have a relationship with him so I think um wow those are really good points and yeah thanks that, that I never really thought of it that way and, and like you said in, in that sense I would want to submit <laughs> I wouldn't be so I wouldn't be so opposed to it so so yeah that, that was beautiful yeah and I think that's one of the the main reasons why marriage is so attacked by the enemy and by the world and and roles in marriage because it is a tangible example of God's covenant to his children, to believers, right? Like marriage is a covenant. And when, you know, God sent Jesus, like he made a covenant with us. Like I will, you know, I will forgive you of your sins. You'll be with me forever. And that's why it is so important who you decide to date, you know, um, who you get engaged, who you marry. Um, and again, my husband's not perfect. You're never going to marry someone who's perfect. I am far from perfect, right? But you want to look at, is, do they have a desire to grow in the word? Do they have a, are they, are they someone who models Christ's humility? Are they willing to say, sorry, are they willing to, you know, work through things and grow? Do you see growth in them? You know, and that's really important because my husband and I are not the same we were when we met um, or when we started dating eight years ago, right? We've grown and we're stronger in our faith, but that's only because he makes his own decision and I make my own decision to seek God, right? And to on our own. And then that, that can grow our marriage together. But it's so important that you have someone that, who is Christ-minded, who is like Christ, because then to submit, you know, yeah, me and my husband, we may not always agree, but at the end of the day, we have a major decision we have to make actually this week. And where he like, we're not going to make it unless we both feel the peace about it, you know? And, and that's the beautiful partnership. Like you were saying, Nika, you know, God made us 
out of Adam's rib, right? It's like equal, but then they just have the, the responsibility to God that thank God I don't have. Like I can sort of, you know, like that's all you, you know, but I can't, but I can like support him and encourage him and, you know, give my voice and give my opinion. Um, so, yeah. In a practical way, what does submission look like in a marriage and can it look different for every marriage? And I'm not married, so. I- <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, 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 I've been married for three years now. We just celebrated our third year anniversary. Um, I think, yeah, I think it can look different because personalities are different. Um, like the side I mentioned, like for some people, submission may come more naturally. It does not come naturally to me. I do have a very strong personality and combined with, I was raised by a single mom. So I think I have to really make an effort at times to be submissive. So, um, so I think it can look different. And, I, and for me in my marriage, it looks like a partnership and um, understanding each other, understanding that we both have um, different opinions and we are different people and valuing each other's perspective and respecting each other. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, it depends on personalities, right? People's personalities and how they mesh, but also like Mika, like I said before, I'm very strong-minded. I don't know if it's the Hispanic Brooklyn in me. I don't know, but like I was raised to just shoot straight, you know, like I just say what it is, you know? And so I had to learn how to like, not be that way you know if and one thing that we learned also in my in our marriage we've been together five almost five and a half years now but one thing that I had to learn um was if I disagree with him and we're in public um like in a conversation to not to not do it in front of other people and that is one way of me like respecting him and showing him respect And instead, after the conversation is done and we're home, share my opinion and say, I didn't agree with you when you said that, that really, you know, I didn't, I didn't think that was right, blah, 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 or that hurt or whatever. I, I, I have that conversation after, and that's just one practical way. I mean, we have less of them now because we've been growing in our communication and we've, you know, we've, we've, we've had um, a better understanding of that, but in the beginning, for sure, you know, I would be like, just flat out, like, I don't agree with that, you know, like, well, like, you know, and so I I had to learn that, that, that was, that was showing him. And I didn't mean it disrespectful. Like, this is just who I am, you know, but like, I had to learn as a wife, like that can be disrespectful. Mm -hmm. And so I can share my opinion and I can do all that, but I do it in a way that's not gonna like disrespect him or make him feel embarrassed in front of people. Right. That's just one practical way of showing submission and then um another i guess practical way of showing submission is like let's say we have a a decision that has to come up and we 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 don't agree you know on it and we've both been prayerful about it and not that we're like oh you know like at heads about it we just maybe feel a little bit different um 
you know, I'm going to go with what he's saying because God's he's, he's, he's the head of this house, you know? And so he's going to be held accountable. And so I'll give my opinion and I'll give whatever my voice is, whatever I feel in prayer. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to trust him because I know he hears from God. I know he loves the Lord. I'm going to trust him to make the best decision. And that also took time too. I, I, it's hard, you know, trust is something you grow in. And, um, I had to take some time to be like, okay, like, even if I don't think it's the right thing, or if I don't agree with it, I'm going to trust you because I know you hear from God too. And I know that ultimately you're going to be held accountable. I mean, it doesn't happen often. It's been like one or two times that we had difference of opinions. Like Nika, we sort of always land on the same thing, but that's just another like practical way of choosing to submit to him. But then also it's choosing to trust God and submit to God. Like, God, I trust you. If, if we make the wrong decision, you're, you know, our hearts, you know, that we want to make the right decision. We're not trying to like get over on you. We, we're trying to hear your voice. And if we make the wrong decision, we're going to trust that you can work it out and fix it and redeem it, you know, and that's really um, more a testament to trusting the Lord and submitting to him and his will. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I had to learn the not uh, dis not disrespecting my husband and um, voicing that he's wrong publicly. I used to do that a lot in the beginning when we were dating. We dated for five years before getting married. Um, so we had a lot of that uh, at the beginning, but I I've learned. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think um, the whole trust thing definitely takes time like trusting someone. And I think as that builds, then you're willing to submit more. And that's even with God too. It's like, the more you know about God, then you're like, okay, I can't submit that God. I can't submit that. You know, it doesn't happen like one, two, three. It's something that builds. So that's awesome. Thanks yeah. for that. I have a, I have a question, Gigi, if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. I think um, from this conversation, I think it, is relevant for a couple who's both who both partners are Christian but what does submission look like if you know the husband or the wife is not a Christian how is how's that supposed to work you know so I well oh, that's the question for Judy my bad <laughs> no you can go ahead anybody but like okay so like Gigi said if marriage is supposed to like um emulate the relationship that christ has for us right if you somehow married somebody who's like unequally yoked maybe you're supposed to have oh like Rev, like brother kev says like love them where they're at and like have that grace and mercy especially if like you probably got saved mid like you're already married right and like now you made this decision mid-marriage I don't think you can be like all right so I guess we're getting divorced um you know like I mean like that I think you just kind of love them where they're at and like show them that grace and mercy right um <laughs> that sounds right I don't know there's a verse I'm looking for it it's in it's in first or second Peter that specifically talks about that um, it specifically talks about wives um, submitting to husbands, even if they don't know Jesus, because in that submission, they can come to know the Lord. And that's like a really tough. And, and, and again, submission can be seen from a worldview as like a weak thing, but it takes a lot of strength to submit, right? It's a lot of strength to submit and make that choice. So 
whether your husband is a believer or not. But I mean, I hope I can find it before we end the thing, but it isn't first Peter or second Peter. And it's, it specifically says that. And so that's, that's, you know, when you think about just the realities of it, right. I, I, I can think about some marriages where the husband's aren't they say they're christian but they're not really serving the lord and so it's hard to submit they're not treating their wives right Mm -hmm. you know and god doesn't want women to be in abusive relationships like let's just be really clear about that you know like if there's abuse physical emotional um sexual then there needs to be help that an intervention there um but if someone let's say gets married and they become a the wife becomes a believer and the husband doesn't i know so many stories of husbands who've come to know the Lord after their wives, after years of the wives praying. And it doesn't mean that it's easy. It's not going to be easy. I mean, think of Jesus, right? He, he chose to submit in the garden of Gethsemane. He said, not my will, but your will be done. And he was sweating blood and tears and crying. Right. And so submission can, it's not like, oh, like, yeah, I'm going to submit because sometimes it's hard. It's hard to do that. But if that's what the Bible says, then we have to trust that God, as the wife is submitting to the unbeliever, that he would see Christ in her and that that would draw him to, um, to know the love of Jesus and to know the conviction of, of the Lord. Um, I mean, I've not been in that situation. It's a lot easier said than done, but mm-hmm. biblically, that's what the Bible tells us. And I think there's a the supernatural component of the Holy Spirit to give that, that wife grace to do that. Um, because that's not something that can be done in the natural there, there ha- she has to be, you know, in her words, spending time with the Lord, like she needs that supernatural grace to do that. And like what you said, uh, Vicky, like love them to the Lord. And, and that's hard. You know, it's hard to love people who like are against you or whatever, but Christ also tells us to do that too. Right. He tells us mm-hmm. to love our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us. And so as long as there's, uh, you know, not abuse in that marriage, then, you know, the Bible tells us that, you know, you, you're supposed to love them and, and so they can see Christ. Yeah, I think that verse you mentioned is 1 Peter 3, verse 1 and 2. In the same way, you wives must accept the authority of your husbands. Then even if some refuse to obey the good news, your godly lives will speak to them without any words they will be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. Don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles. Okay, yeah, that was <laughs> That's deep, that's, that's deep. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I would definitely agree with the fact that I think that that's a rough road because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, when you're with someone, you just kind of kind of mimic each other you know, like you start to pick up their traits. Like, you know, if, if they drive fast, you'll end up starting driving. You'll see yourself, you know, you just start to pick up their traits. So I, I definitely think that it, it's not that it can't happen. That's a, that's a rough road to walk down. Yeah. In the amplified version for that verse, um, in, uh, but after submissive, it talks about it expands on the meaning of that as subordinate, not as inferior, but out of respect for the responsibilities entrusted to husbands and their accountability to God and so partnering with them. So it's not a a position of inferiority to submit, but rather a partnership. And as Bethsaida um, 
was mentioning with the um, and trusting that the husband will be held accountable for his office as the leader of the home. Oh my gosh. And that, this might be a little off topic, but that kind of reminds me of when Abraham was bugging out with Sarah, like they went to like some different town and Abraham was like, oh, that's not, that's not my wife. Like he was being weird. Like he was being a weirdo. And that's my like, sister. Don't mess up. I would not have oh, forgiven him for that. <laughs> right? Oh, so I'm not your wife. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She was like, she like submitted, she like went along with it or whatever, right? And God dealt with Abraham, but didn't dealt with, didn't deal with Sarah because he was like, okay, you were just being a good wife. I understand Abraham was like being a weirdo, but like, you know, you were being a good wife. Oof, I'm happy we don't have Like, so was like, you know, you're being stupid, right? But I'm not going to say nothing. I'm not going to say <laughs> Oh, man. And see, I would have said something like that. I would have been like, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> right she was she was submitting even though it was a stupid decision that he made right she she mm. submitted she subjected himself to the authority and god worked it out you know that's another example of how god will work it out if you do that but even if you think of and that made me think of adam and eve right eve was the one who tempted him but adam was the one who was like why did you do that you know like he also got in trouble too you know and so mm-hmm. it's like uh it's marriage, you know, the guys have a lot of responsibility, you know, in, uh, in, in marriage spiritually and also just naturally, you know? Yeah. Yeah, The the husband is the cover of the home. So if something is attacking the home, he's getting hit first. So I think that's, that's really um, a reminder to really pray for our partners because not the there's a lot of challenges in this world that they face and it's a big responsibility on their plate as well and yeah I just like looked it up real quick and like it was like when God was looking for them in the garden he called for Adam he was like where are you like where are you and it wasn't just in the physical sense it was where are you spiritually in every way so yeah, guys, you got to, <laughs> you got to, like, the wife you gave me, he was like, I want to hear all that. I don't right. want <laughs> like, Instantly blamed Eve. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, lastly, um, how can we begin or continue to submit to God and his plan for our lives? I think, you know, consulting God in everything. Um, If you do it in the small things, you will naturally do it in the big things. Um, I think I've taken the approach of praying about everything. Um, You know, not like, oh yeah, God, what am I having for dinner today? (laughs) Not that. But But if you want to do that, go ahead. Um, (laughs) I think like really uh, walking hand in hand with God and like, really um trying is praying and also putting yourself in position to hear because mm-hmm. I think oftentimes I've done in the past where I've prayed about something and then I would go ahead and make the decision and not wait to hear from God but I think actually like sitting and waiting to hear from God and waiting to um really have that sense of peace whatever it is in whatever way God talks to you personally and that itself is a journey to, to find, um, to discover that. But I think 
uh, really like praying and consulting God and then like waiting to really hear what he has to say before taking action. Yeah, and I think that goes back to what um, the definition of obedience, like actively listening, actively, well, I guess like actively acting, but acting on it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd say, I'd say um, for me, it looks like a daily laying down of my will and my desires. It's uh, something daily um, where, you know, it's not my will, but your will be done, Lord, you know, and for me, again, like I said, that's a daily thing that I need to do. I've also learned that a lot of times when I have my own plans and things and they don't work out, (laughs) it's like, all right, well, God, you know, it's, I'm used to this. I don't know why I made a plan because I knew, I knew like it was bad. Like, I don't know what I was thinking, you know? Um, but there's so many proverbs that talk about, you know, how we make our plans, but the Lord directs them. And, um, you know, making, helping to make us walk in his way. And <clears throat> it's a constant dying to self. You know, that's really what it is. Submission is a constant dying to self and saying, God, you know, best you made me, you created me. And so I, I want to do what you want me to do. And I'm going to trust you're going to lead me in that decision, you know? Um, and so like Mika said too, like listening, not just praying it, but then actually listen, waiting to listen and don't not moving until you hear, or if he is asking you to step out in faith, like, you know, to do to step out in that faith that he's asking you to do. Yeah, for sure. I had to learn to, um, let go of the need to feel like I am in control. Um, because that I discovered is something like I discovered that recently after having my daughter that control is really important to me Um, and you know you can't control anything really Um, and God has been just reminding me of that like over and over and over again the last year and a half. I think when it comes to my journey of trusting God it's definitely um, like a daily speaking like you guys said and being honest with my intentions. Cause like, like Mika, I have an issue with control and I like to plan and this, that, and the third. So it's like, if I hear from God and I, I hear God's like, oh, you know, I need you to go forgive that person. I need you to go fix this, this, that, and the third. Order. I'm just like, huh, huh? Oh, like next week, um, I'm not ready yet. You know, <laughs> this, that, and the third. So I need to trust him that he knows with, like he has plans to prosper me not to like you know throw me to the wolves and things like that so it's like a daily coming to him and being honest during my time with him you know mm-hmm. yeah. and what you said Vicky about like trusting that he's not gonna like throw you to the wolves I think just remembering his character like I have to remember his character like he does not change he loves yeah. me he cherishes me he died on the cross for me like why would he not like this whatever he's telling me to do I know it's for my good I know it's because he loves me you know so that's definitely some awesome points um and any last thoughts on submission or anything that we talked about today um so I know this is a little off not not really but like so the bible tells us what to do with um, if you have a partner that's not a believer and they like specifically go to women, because I feel like they know, they know, especially when they come like, like believers, 
the church is filled of single women, like not really single men. Like we don't have like single men just going and seeking the Lord. So it's like, they know that you're probably might get with somebody who's a little less of a believer. (laughs) (laughs) Notice how they're like, oh man, if you find some girl on the street, it's most likely not really, right? how do you think if a man is more of a believer than a woman, do you think just like the societal gender norms will have her go into place? Like, oh, my man prays, so let me just pray along with him like that. So your question is like, if it was the other way around. Right. Do you think it's just like gender roles would come into play in place? Like, you know how women just naturally kind of submit? Yeah. That's, mm. that's a good point. I think that that might be the case. Um, but it is interesting that I I don't know if there is another verse where it speaks to the wife not being a believer, but you know, Hosea was, uh, God gave him a command to marry a prostitute. Oh, no. Um, So (laughs) it happens. (laughs) Yeah. And when I think about that relationship or that marriage, because I believe Hosea's wife continued to be a prostitute even during their their marriage wow so that's really tough um and I think either way whoever is the believer in the relationship the wife is still called to submit to her husband and the husband is still called to be that covering over the home and over the, the family unit so even if the wife is in the streets you know go 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 in the streets and (laughs) come back home come back home (laughs) I I think I think that this speaks so much to the existence of God because you're right like God created men and women with different roles and it's almost like it's innate how we are wired for those roles right and that just goes to speak about God the truth of God's word you know I mean we didn't choose to be this way I mean yes we have women with strong personalities and I'm all for teaching my my girls to be strong but the biblical way like the Mm -hmm. Proverbs 31 strong and submissive woman way um who she was like a boss but she was also a servant you know not the worldly feminine way um feminist way but I I do want to just be like the Bible clearly talks about not being unequally yoked, right? So mm-hmm. we shouldn't, as single women, be dating men who are not serving the Lord. And even if they call themselves a Christian, I mean, anyone can call themselves a Christian, but are they, do they love Jesus, right? Are they serving the Lord the way that you're serving the Lord? So I think that that verse more pertains to <clears throat> like once people are married, sometimes the one person will come to faith and the other person um, well, won't. Right. And so that Paul is saying, like, don't just leave the person because they're not a Christian, love them to the Lord, you know, because you've already made that marriage commitment. So now like you have to show them the love of Jesus as a covenant now. But I, the thing that I would say to the single ladies out there is it is very important who you marry and don't ignore red flags. Don't ignore spiritual red flags just because the guy looks good or because you're older and you're scared that you'll be single. I know a lot of married women and it is better to be single than to be in a marriage that you're miserable in, you know? And so don't, um, don't settle, don't settle because, you know, maybe it is the right guy for you, but maybe it's not the right time. 
maybe he needs time to grow in the Lord. Maybe he needs his own time with Jesus to, to mature and to do things. But again, like I said, you're never going to find someone who's perfect. You just want to be with someone that number one, you have peace that when you two are together, that this is a God thing. Other people can confirm it's a God thing, but also you see in them growth. You see in them spiritual growth. You see in them, they're not saying one thing and then acting a different way. They're saying something and they may stumble, but then they apologize or they, you know, God help me. Like, and I want, I want to grow in this area. You see the growth in them. And that's so important in marriage. You want to be with someone who's willing to grow and who's willing to, um, again, be selfless and love you like how Christ loved the church. That would be the last thing. And they exist. Like I said, I thought I would have to go to like some other place in New York city to find my husband. Cause I'm like, all these guys in New York, they're like rude. They don't care about nothing. They could ever. And meanwhile, my husband was under my nose the whole time. So, um, so that's the other thing too. Like, don't, if a guy is like a friend, don't friend zone all the guys be open to like, you know, getting to know someone, um, and you will be attracted to them. Like you're not, God's not going to make you marry some ugly guy. Like that's not going to happen. You're going to be attracted to your husband, whether you grow in that attraction or it's instant, you know, like God's not going to mess you up like that. So you're going to be attracted, but really don't, don't settle. Don't settle. Um, trust the Lord, seek him first and everything else will be added. That's important. The not settling. That's a whole other topic by itself because it's like, especially with like spiritual red flags and being attracted to somebody because like you can have somebody who's great on paper, but it's like you see him in real life and he's like, Lord, please make me <laughs> make me want this person. Like, right. you know. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely something that is another topic because sometimes mm-hmm. it is kind of tell the women that like, oh, it's okay if you're not attracted to them. And I'm like, Mm, I don't think God who loves me would give me someone that I don't find physically attractive. I think you have to find them physically attractive and also like who they are as a person. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. So any other last thoughts, anything, anyone? Nope. We're good to go. Okay. Um, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Bethsaida. Thank you so much for unpacking. Oh, everything. thank you for having me. This was so great. This was so good for my soul. I loved it. Thank you so much. Awesome. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you for tuning in. This is a word of the table. Oh.